She had a lot of attention that night, so I was just like, this isn't going to happen. She's the birthday girl, it's her 30th. She's got, you know, a whole room full of friends. We said nothing, looked at each other, eyes locked, kissed, and then moved off and carried on. It all kicked off and chaos ensued. And then I didn't really see her again for a long time. Welcome to Equal Parts, a series of true love stories told by the couples themselves. This week, a third time's the charm tale, which proves that true love conquers all. Time, distance, and even garlic sauce kebab breath. I'm Anna, and I'm a primary school teacher, and I live in London. I'm Duncan Brown. Uh, I'm a UX designer, and I live in Kilburn, which is in northwest London. We've been together for 12 years. We're coming into, I guess this is the 13th year? Yeah, yeah, 12 years. So Duncan and I are both from the same town and it's the sort of town where if uh, you are wanting to drink when you're 14 or 15 and be hedonistic and push the boundaries and take risks, everyone's trying to do it in the same two pubs in the town. So you all see each other and you all sort of casually get to know each other. We met when we were, um, I was kind of in my late teens, I'm like two years older than Anna, in our hometown, which is in the Midlands, Grantham. Yeah, he was part of the cool boy college gang as far as I was concerned. Totally fit, totally thought he was gorgeous, but very much aloof. And I actually started dating one of his friends and I can remember uh, Dunk had a party, um, which always amazed me because my family were incredibly straight and I would never have dared throw in a house party, ever. Um, but his parents were great and went away and trusted them or, you know, he was cool enough to take the risk. Uh, and it was just this sort of very cool atmosphere. It was just a great party. Um, actually, Anna was going out with one of my friends. Julian was in the loo. I was stood outside the loo and Duncan sort of came up to me and we had a kiss. We had a little kiss at my parents' house. He literally looked at me, I looked at him, and he says I kissed him and I say he, he kissed me. So that is still an ongoing argument. Um, but we kind of just had this weird moment in time. I can picture it now. We said nothing looked at each other, eyes locked, kissed, and then moved off and carried on. <laughs> that was around 1991, so that's quite a while ago. Yeah, that was when we were 17. Um, Duncan's two years older, so they all soon went off to college. Obviously, people kind of go to university, go off, get jobs. So I didn't really see Anna a great deal. And I went off travelling after university. And then she came back from Australia. To Newcastle, where I'd done my degree, to do my teaching course. Um, and she was happened to be in Grantham by chance. And I was at my um, stepbrother's wedding. And the wedding finished, and a few of us went into town and bumped into Anna in the nightclub. I was in a suit, which is a bit weird, because you don't wear suits to nightclubs. Um... And Anna was there with some friends, and Anna was very... She was pleased to see everyone, and we kind of chatted, and again we had a bit of a kiss. But unfortunately Anna was way more drunk than I was, even though I'd been at a wedding, and I should have been the most drunk, but Anna beat me that, that one. Um, 
we were getting on quite well and then she lost her purse and it all kicked off and chaos ensued and then I didn't really see her again for a long time sadly so it's like two false starts in a way so the third time we got together um, it was, I was living in London and Anna was up in Newcastle and we just hadn't really seen each other for years. It's crazy, we first kissed each other when we were 17. I'm now 30 and I've had enough of Newcastle. I was like, I'm not going to live in the North forever. If I wasn't a Geordie, I was never really going to belong. But I think I was just a bit bored. I just wanted to have something new. I had amazing friends, but just needed some some change. And it just seems fateful now because I was moving down south the week afterwards. It was Anna's 30th and she was throwing a party in Newcastle. So my best friend, he he got the invite. And so Jamie said to me, oh, Dunk Brown's coming as well. And I was like, oh, great, lovely. Thinking, I always fancied him. That's amazing. I remember saying to my girlfriends, oh, Jamie's coming from Grantham, Tim's coming, oh, and another Tim and, um, and Duncan. And they were just like, yes, no kissing any Grantham boys, Anna. You know, we know what you Grantham lot are like. It's incredibly incestuous. You've all kissed each other when you were teenagers. Just none of that. So I was kind of invited, and I think, in hindsight, my friend was playing Cupid. Um, so we are all kind of organised to go up. The 30th was all planned, it was July, and it's really horrible because it's 2005, and that was when the 7-7 bombings happened. The London bombings kicked off. So completely nothing like London or England's ever known, and it was just... Ugh. Hideous, hideous stuff. It was a big sad event and it was just really odd. So all the trains were were down. Part of that was the boys that were all coming up from London couldn't come to the party. So, okay, you know, it, there's bigger things than, than my birthday. And suddenly I was like, damn, I really wanted to see Anna. Jamie, the great friend that he is, was like, I think I'm going to go and get the boys from London. He drove all the way down from the northeast to the London, picked them all up and drove them back again. Also, we could all have this party, which I still don't really know why why he made such an effort. He's a, he's a, he's a great guy. Um, so we managed to get a train out up to Grantham, which is like the halfway point, because the trains were just like really up in the air, as, as you can probably imagine, after all that bombing business. Um, but anyway, we stayed at my parents for the Friday night and then kind of journeyed up to Newcastle and made it to the party, which was wicked, uh, and got to see Anna. We had this big party in, I'm going to say the picture and piano, which sounds really naff, and it is in every other city but Newcastle, only because the picture and piano in Newcastle, and admittedly it was new and exciting then, it's on the banks of the River Tyne, and the entire floor, it's floor to ceiling, glass walls, which again, this sounds really ridiculous this many years later, but at the time it was very nice. <laughs> My birthday's in July, so there's an outside bit, and it, 
you know, it it felt great. And all these people came up from London going, oh, actually, Newcastle's really lovely. <laughs> Arrived at the pub. It was like this lovely pub overlooking the Tyne. And there was Anna at the centre of everything. And she was uh, she was lovely. She was just, like, so warm and friendly with all of her friends. And all of, all of her friends were, like, just a great bunch. And I was quite kind of taken aback and she looked amazing and I was just like wow I was definitely interested I think eventually we got talking obviously there was, she had a lot of attention that night so I was just like this isn't going to happen she's the birthday girl it's her 30th she's got you know a whole room full of friends I just remember having an incredible time and we then after the pub we went off to this local nightclub now I don't know how much you know Newcastle, but it doesn't have the reputation for the coolest nightclubs particularly. But World Headquarters is the bit that we, the club that we sort of discovered when we were students. It's funny because we we had a little kiss in the venue, <laughs> which Anna doesn't remember because she was having a great time and she drank a lot of champagne. Um, she thinks that the first kiss was when we got to... World Headquarters, which is this kind of meat market in Newcastle. Um, she remembers that, but I remember the bits before. I think this is the problem. I can't actually remember when we had our first kiss, and we have debated this. Now I'm told it was outside of the pitch and piano, um, which we then did a staggering walk to World Headquarters. Then proceeded a very exciting knock session I suppose you say of me and Duncan going from the three floors of world headquarters trying to sneak off and have little cuddles and kisses away from the masses of everyone at the party um I think we probably didn't want everyone going oh my goodness so yeah that was um a lot of fun and we were just having the best time and I remember that really really vividly it was like this multi-floor horrible club full of nutters and we just kept sneaking off up to the next floor to have a little kiss, which was, yeah, which was great. Because I'm like, it's your birthday and you want to come and do this with me. It's like, lovely. After World Headquarters, we all really classily went, as you do, to the kebab shop. <laughs> <laughs> which was like, yeah, of course you would do that. And we had a kebab and then kind of said our goodbyes. And I can remember us all standing there outside and him giving me the so. I think I was a gentleman and was like, wasn't pushing to go back to hers in any way. Can I come home with you? <laughs> and it was great because he really couldn't because I was moving down south the week afterwards and this is the weird thing he lives in London and I was planning to move to Brighton that very next week I, everything was done my house was packed up I was staying at my friends so he couldn't come and stay I also think she probably had a house full of people so that was never going to happen but mainly I was being a gentleman and didn't want to push it um, and also when I got back because all the, all the guys were staying in this kind of like rented uh, kind of like apartment thing and I got home and a friend had filled my um, my favourite trainers with water and put them in the freezer <laughs> for some 
bizarre reason. But he was really mad because it actually cleaned them and they like they felt brand new again, which was really cool. He got really mad. Um, and also, I think he liked Hannah a bit. The next day, we all planned to meet each other, um, post-hangovers, compare stories, you know, all of that. And so we met in some really random, weird pub that the boys had decided because it was near where they were all staying. And I just remember that, you know, that nervous thing of you've just kissed somebody the night before. How is it going to be? I was, like, really hungover and a bit nervous. It's like, is Anna going to remember anything? Is she going to, like, what's going to happen? And uh... The first thing he did was he just came up to me straight away and gave me a kiss. Luckily, she just came up and gave me a big kiss, and it was just like, yeah, that's great. And I just thought that was great. Thank God. This is a good sign. There was no kind of, oh, I'm going to act all cool and pretend last night didn't happen and all da da I just loved that. Um, and then, I don't know, we hung out for an hour or two. Then they all had to make their separate ways. And I can still remember him walking off, you know, as we'd all said our goodbyes, but then he turned around and looked back. I was like, you know, maybe something could happen. But then we played that game where it's like, we've got each other's phone numbers. It's like, who's going to send a text? How long do you wait? I don't want to seem overly keen, although I was dying to obviously send Anna a text. And it was great because he texted, I think, the next day or something. He didn't do that horrible, let's wait forever. And yeah, which would have been... Ugh. I think that was a text. Maybe a couple of days after the party. And I don't know who it was from. I'm going to say Anna. <laughs> she was more keen to chase me. No, I, don't, I doubt it. It's probably definitely me, yeah. So he texted the next day, well, fairly promptly, maybe two days later. And then we started this text thing that week. And I was like, how do you ever shift it now from this to to moving it on? Um, the following week was my brother's wedding. Got completely emotional, drunk and emotional as you do at weddings. And I was completely overawed by the grandeur of my brother getting married. And so after oodles of wine and Dutch courage, I just thought, stuff this, I'm not doing this, keep it cool, you know. And I just, I remember sitting by outside the wedding by some, you know, dumpster or something, I don't know, by the bins, calling Duncan, half crying because I just cried about how emotional I was about the wedding. And he was at a party. And she called me from her brother's wedding and I was so happy. And we talked for quite a while. Then I kind of bored the entire party with this Anna that I'd just been talking to and everyone was just like... They could see how happy I was. Somewhere there we must have made a plan that we were going to see each other. I think I was coming to London to go on a holiday, perhaps, because it was coming up to July and I'm a teacher. And I think my summer was pretty planned. I seem to think I had two holidays planned. But I, we made some sort of plan where I was coming through London and I was going to see him. I remember she got off, she got a train up to Brighton and I met her at Victoria on the platform. I went to his in Wilsdon his place and he'd made a real effort and did a barbecue in the garden and he was very quiet I remember that night he just seemed to be we just seemed to be quite looking at each other and I was just gibbering on as I do 
that was our first sort of proper one-to-one date, I guess, in his back garden in Wilsdon in the summer, which was absolutely fantastic. I knew that I wanted definitely to be long-term with Anna. But there were just all this kind of holidays in the way and um, distance in the way. But I think it just kind of sorted itself out. We just started, got into this habit of I would come down to Brighton straight after work on the Friday and stay with Anna and then vice versa. We kind of like started to take it in turns. Sunday evenings are the best time to just be snuggly and together and chill out and have your downtime together. I don't remember the moment where we decided that we were a thing. I probably decided in my mind that, you know, that right at the party in, in Newcastle. I think we both knew we wanted to be together and it was where we were going to live. We were, you know, we'd done three years of long distance and it's like, where do we live, London or Brighton? Duncan had been in London since he was 18. I'd only just moved to Brighton three years ago. I was loving it. I think, actually, I was happy to move to London. I just wanted to know that Dunk would move to Brighton. (laughs) We had chats about it. But I just remember one day Dunk went, I'll move to Brighton. And that's when I I remember saying, great, that's brilliant, I want to move to London. (laughs) And he's like, brilliant, I don't have to leave London. But I just needed to hear him say that he he would have done, yeah. And I cannot imagine living anywhere else now. Um, We moved in together nearly 10 years ago, got our flat, made that our own together. Anna is probably the happiest person I've ever met and the most fun and the warmest and friendly and she's just amazing. In the last however many years I think it just changes from you just feel so safe and secure and and content I guess yeah. Does Julian know we kissed? Um, I'm not sure, but it was really funny because a few years into Anna and I being an item, we got invited to Julian's wedding. (laughs) And Anna was like, oh my God, (laughs) should we go? (laughs) What are you talking about? Of course we should go. It's Julian, he's getting married. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of pulled Anna's leg saying, there's going to be this big graduate scene in the middle of the wedding where Julian turns around and goes, no, Anna, Anna's the one for me, but no. That was a wicked wedding. I passed out on an easy jet flight on the way home. Equal Parts is produced by me, Maria Passingham. Thanks to Audio Network for the music and, of course, to Duncan and Anna. Each episode of Equal Parts has an accompanying piece of original artwork. Sophie Linney drew this week's image, which you can see at equalpartspodcast.co.uk. There's also links there to discover more of her work. Next week, reading the signs. He had made a paper rose with red tissue paper. I always think that I would be so happy if my date would bring me roses on, on, on a date. So I thought, okay, now it's my turn to bring flowers. The fact that he had gone to the trouble to make something 
and he had the the courage to bring that. I mean, it was just the most romantic thing 